hour of the show on this Friday afternoon. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Auction Community Studios. Thanks to uh, Aaron Irvin, Derb, as Wolf calls him, for yeah, joining you know, us from Indianapolis. From the airport in Indianapolis as well. A lot of people coming home today from the Combine, of course, on the weekend. And Max Starks had the opportunity to visit with us today Mm -hmm. after coming back from the Combine yesterday. Jonathan Gannon's going to join us here shortly so we can get into a lot of the uh, the stuff that the Cardinals may or may not have gotten out of the uh, the Combine so far. The Combine goes uh, really through Monday, and then a week from Monday, legal tampering starts. And then two days after that, the new league year starts, which means free agency begins. Yeah, you know, once again, we were talking about this just the other day, too. It just feels like when the Combine starts, that's when the new league year starts. It really, it does. It really does feel that way. It's, you know, it's funny. Um, we've obviously got the Combine on in here, and we've got a few other TVs turned to different things. Caleb Williams is everywhere today. Yeah. And you and I were talking earlier. I mean, like Malik Neighbors, I, I'm, I'm still a little confused as to why he's not doing the stuff, the workouts and all that, that part of it, because it just feels like, it just feels like, it might hurt his stock a little bit, you know. Not like, oh, okay, Malik Neighbors is going to be the fifth pick, and now he's the fifteenth. Not that, but I mean, it just it opens the door for Roma Dunze to either pass him or lock up a spot in front of him. And I don't know. It just it feels like even though Caleb Williams isn't working out, he's a presence there today. I just think it's a really wise thing for Roma Dunze to do yeah. to actually work out. Be the one of the top three wide receivers who's actually going to go out there and work out, especially if he goes out there and lights it up. <laughs> I mean, this guy, if he runs a sub 4-4, four, four, yeah. it's truly going to make a lot of people balk, I think. Because even though we like to sit here and say, it's all about the tape, it's all about the tape, and it is. Man, when you can take numbers that blow you away and juxtapose the tape, with those numbers, now all of a sudden it gives you a clearer picture, I think, overall as to which way you might go in terms of handing out a final grade. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point now, too, where there's a couple 40s that are lining up for some of the drills on uh, on TV right now, too. So we're going to we're gonna get to see some of these guys on the offensive side of the football run some four. We're going to get to see Roma Dunze here uh, in the next couple of days. We're going to see if he can help his stock. There's going to be somebody that helps their stock, and they shoot up the boards. You heard uh, Darren Urban, we had him on last segment, saying, look, there's three quarterbacks everybody's talking about, but there are other quarterbacks. So, you know... <laughs> There's more than three teams that need a quarterback, and you just wonder if, hey, you know, you're sitting there at four, if some team's going to be like, we really want J.J. McCarthy, and we'll overpay you for him. You know my thoughts. Just whatever you can do to get a top top three receiver, and I would prefer Marvin Harrison or Roma Dunze, but, uh, but, but still, any one of them. All right, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon. J.G., thanks for the time, man. How's it going? Yeah, I'm, it's going great, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Happy Friday. Yeah. Appreciate it, JG. You too. You, you've been doing interviews for a couple of days. Now you get to get uh, interviewed, I guess. Um, let's let's start with the uh, the position everybody's kind of talking about. There's really three top receivers in a lot of people's minds. Have you guys gotten a chance to meet with them, or are you are you planning to do that? Yeah, already did it. Uh, met with a lot of guys. We had all our formals um, from Monday. We finished up uh, Thursday afternoon with that, and um, all those guys did a really good job. It was a, it was it was cool to get to know them. 
um, you know, put a name with a jersey number or a face with a jersey number and just get to start to know them as people a little bit more and talk a little bit of ball and talk a little bit about them. And um, they, they all did a good job. Hey, JG, how did Marvin Harrison Jr. look? <laughs> He's tall. He's, He's tall. tall. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, it was funny because I, I, um, I had met his dad and uh, said, man, your mom must be a little taller because your dad's not, you know, that big, you know. And uh, he started laughing. He goes, yes, yeah, she is. She's about 5'10 or so. So. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he's, he's got some length to him. There's no doubt about that. So how did that conversation go, JJ? I mean, it It was good. Yeah. Yeah. He was on it. Um, you know, all the questions that were asked by everybody in there, um, had really good answers. He's very thought out, very mature. Um, you know, it was, it was a really good interview. Does it bother you at all that he missed the media availability this morning? No, I actually just found out about it 15 seconds ago before I jumped on with you guys. I, I uh, Kudos to him. I would have done the same thing if I could have. <laughs> <laughs> no, JJ, seriously. Yes. How about that? that? How about that? Hey, man, more power to him. Uh, no, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure the media wants to hear from him, but uh, in due time, they will. JJ, we all know how important these interviews are with these prospects right now. You guys talk about it all the time. Do you have a number one question that you typically ask? What is the most important question? Do you have one? Uh, I think I think um, it, it. I don't. We have uh, kind of some questions that we like to ask in there, but every guy is a little bit different too. So it's really a credit to. Um, our college scouts getting the information and these, the, our, our scouting side, our scout, our scouts know these guys like inside mm-hmm. and out, you know, they've been, you know, they've been in all these schools and, and yeah, they had to, you know, have all the information on the draft class this year, but they, you know, since they've been going into Ohio state, they've seen this guy as a freshman, you know, I'm talking about Marvin, obviously just one, one example, but so they know a good deal about these guys. So, um, that helps us to ask certain questions of certain guys, you know, what we want to find out about and things like that. But like I said, it's really just getting to know the the person first a little bit, talk about some, you know, some things and watch a little football with them. And uh, um, like I said, they've all done a really good job. Talking to Jonathan Gannon, uh, JG, you know, I got to ask about Terry and Arnold because that meeting uh, has has made some uh, some headlines. And I think everybody's reaction was, yeah, that 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 bout sounds like JG. But can you tell us how that uh, interaction went? What what I I what did he say? I don't know. <laughs> he said uh, I think well, 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 now I, I just started sweating. I just I literally just started sweating. So <laughs> what, what what did he say about it? Yeah, well, it was here. We have it right here. It went really good. They wanted to see how I pressed. He told me to get up there and demonstrate my press technique. I said, Coach, do you want me to hit you for real? He said, yeah, hit me for real. So I hit him. <laughs> yeah, I jammed him. <laughs> okay, JG. He did jam me. He did jam me. But, you know, I played receiver back in the day. So then the next rep, you know, he put his hands up, and I swiped him down and hip-locked him, and I, I said I would have scored on that one. Um, no, that, it was uh, – that's just part of what I like to do with corners. I, it, you know, every position is a little bit different, but, uh, you know, how well do they know the technique that's been taught to them and the why behind it? And then uh, I put my little spin on it a little bit, but, uh, yeah, he, he did a really good job. But, yeah, I play receiver in those meetings for a little bit, you know, and then Monty says, all right, you can't do that anymore. Sit down. And yes. a, you know, so it's uh, – it's uh, it's fun. I have a little bit of fun with those guys, but you do figure out if they if they really know know it, you know. 
I know. I, I was just going to say, JG, like, uh, did you move your feet? How hard did you try to get away off this jam? Yeah, so we're in a tight little room. We're in a tight little room, but I say, hey, there's where the ball is. I'm the X receiver, and it's first down. What What are you doing? You know what I mean? We're, you know, I kind of go through that. Where are your eyes? What are you looking at? What do you do when I do this? What do you do on movement, this and that? So um, I, I kind of release outside. I release inside. I release right down the bottle. You know, I, yeah, we play a little football in there. You know, you see that you guys, when you have, when you talk to Rollis, uh, he likes to play like center and guard versus some of those D linemen. <laughs> and I, I bet he's literally right now in back in Phoenix with like a bruised chest <laughs> because this one dude like shocked him. And I was like, Oh my God, he about put him wow. through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I told him, I said, you know, the next part of this was I was going to play guard but I don't really want to play guard anymore after seeing that. So I, you know, you could just sit down, you know, let's start getting to the tape right now. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, so, it's cool. JJ, what is next for you and the staff after the combine right now? Yeah. So we're, we're going to go, we kind of, we, I got it segmented out where we're going to, we're going to do some evaluation now, you know what I mean? So, you know, and we've been doing that with free agency and, and starting to get into the draft guys, but, you know, March is for me is a time for evaluation of acquisition, really the draft. And then we'll have, we got certain days that we hit all football on too. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's with all these prospects and make sure that we have our opinions and how do they fit. And, um, and then Monty takes out all that information and goes and does what does what he needs to do with it. But uh, that's a big piece for us. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we want to see, hey, are, do we see this guy the same way? What's his role going to be for us? You know, does he fit the price of admission? All those things, uh, we want to be on it. So, we'll, uh, leading up to the, you know, this this month of March and then April, and then when you have the top 30 visits and pro days and things like that, it's kind of an evaluation period for us as far as looking at the college guys now for agencies done for the most part. Um, and then we'll obviously, you know, I always schedule time for some ball. Yeah. So uh, we'll be we'll be working on ball too. So it's a, it's a good part of the year here. JG, before we let you go, I just want to ask you about the uh, NFLPA report cards. I know you've only been here for a year, but what what are your thoughts on just that whole process and what you've seen with the Cardinals over the last year? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the report cards. So I I don't really know, but um, you know, I don't. Unless I somebody asked me about that, I think it's at the podium, and I said I don't know how that's taken. I don't know how that's distributed. I don't know you know, the grading scale. I, so I don't, you know, I don't follow it too much, but I know that, um, you know, Mark Dalton told me, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we went up or we raised up. And I said, you know, I think in the press when they asked me, I said a lot of these things that were improvements that were being made were kind of in the works already before I got on the job, truthfully. And then, um, and then Michael's been great with Monty and I, you know, we go in there and talk to him and say, Hey, we need this or this. And he says, okay, great. You know, it's whatever to, to help the players as much as possible. Um, but uh, I think it's a great working environment. We got everything we need, and um, we're gonna we're ready to go to work here when the players get back in April. So JJ, I love this kid named Graham Barton. Have you seen this kid? You know anything about this kid? The the interior <laughs> He's fantastic. Line? You you fantastic. oh yeah. Did you meet with him, JJ? 
Uh, we 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 met with a lot of O linemen. Okay. I would say I think O line is like my spirit animal, <laughs> and I I, t- I tell those guys that, and I don't know why. I really don't because people are when I say that people are like, "Are you out of your mind? Like you're you you look, you look like a DB, right?" <laughs> yes. um, just the amount, like first of all, people have no idea how smart offensive linemen are. Right. Like they are so sharp, a lot of those guys. And it's just like wild to hear, you know, talking through their college film and the rules and adjustments and techniques and things like that. And then, you know, for the most part, um, they're really team first guys, all of them. Like they, you know, they know that they're a part of an O-line group. They know that's how they fit into the offense, how they fit into the team. And and uh, it was really cool talking to all those guys. We had some we had some fun. We had some laughs in there with some of those guys. So um, it's just a different different breed. If you play O-line, it's, it's kind of a different mentality, I think. And uh, it's really cool to hear those guys talk. So you'd have no problem if Monty went with an O-lineman at number four. Is that what you're saying, JT? No, I, 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 I love all the O-linemen we talked about. I said, sign them all up. Sign them up. It's <laughs> awesome. JG, we appreciate the Thank time. You, I know you're busy. Thank you. You guys be good. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. That's uh, Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line from Indianapolis. And We'll obviously react to uh, a lot of what he had to say here in a little bit as well, because I think we can take some stuff from that, right? I mean, that's the head coach in he the knew interviews. Graham Barton. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been concerned if he didn't know he Graham did Well, I like the stuff on Nick Rollis, though, thinking he's an offensive yeah, lineman. Deal with it doesn't surprise me, players. no, Nick. He's got some hidden intensity. Uh, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through the 11th for the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience as NASCAR heads west. Drivers like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott take on the Desert Jewel for your chance to experience this. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. We come back, back over to the Suns. Devin Booker took over early last night. We're starting to hit that point of the year where it's Devin Booker season. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, it's Bernsey and the Suns, after all that time off, got the win last night over the Houston Rockets. So what stood out to us? We'll talk about it on today's Burns and Gambo show starting at straight up 2 o'clock. All right, well, thanks to Jonathan Gannon for calling in from Indianapolis last segment. If you missed it, we'll react to it uh, next segment. And also, you can just go listen to the podcast and hear the whole thing. Um I'll say this, Wolf. He gave us more than I expected a coach at the Combine to to give us. You know, like a lot of times you get a coach, it's like, yep, yeah, we talked to some players. Now. Yeah. He gave Graham us Barton. Some good stuff. Yeah, he didn't say, Graham Barton? Who's Graham Barton? You would have walked out, wouldn't you? you no. You would have left. I'm just saying. He was like, oh, yeah. He liked that dog. Well, yeah, that made I me. I like a big butts and I can't lie. Ways. <laughs> a little concerned that they might go offensive line early. Uh, all right, we'll get back into that in just uh, a few minutes. But uh, the Phoenix Suns pick up the win last night over Houston. So they even this little mini in-season playoff series. They lead the season ser- uh, series two games to one. But they play again tomorrow night. And one of the things that really stood out last night, Wolf, was Devin Booker just taking over in the uh, first quarter and really setting the tone. Here's Booker after the game. Uh, I was shooting a lot from deep. I mean, I hit a lot of threes in the first quarter, just the same shots that I missed the other game. You know, I just, I stick with it. Um, I mean, I don't know what, what my percentages are at, but better than league average, so I'm going to keep going. He's got these games. He's done it. I mean, look, he's done it well before the season, but he's had some games this season where it's just like, all right, Booker went off in the first quarter. 
You know, it's like you guys, the rest of you get to start a race. You get to start a hundred yard dash, but you get to start like 15 yards ahead of everybody else. Cause Booker just erupted for 20 points in the first 12 minutes. Yeah, it really did. Um, once again, just establish the tone and the tempo of this game. The Suns came out ready to ball, ready to play. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they knew what the Houston Rockets were capable of doing and had lost to the Rockets just days before that. And I think that had their attention going forward. Booker, six threes in the game. That's a career high, and it's a career high he has set many times. He's never gotten to seven threes in the game. He talked about that, too. This is a crazy stat, but you have now hit six I, I threes in 25. That's why I shot that last one. <laughs> oh, do you remember the first time you hit six threes in a game? Nope. Rookie year, Indiana. Here. That might be my first 30-point game, I think. What, 32-point game? Yeah. 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 I mean, when you think about that stat, are you like, it's, it's got to happen sooner or later, or do you even? I mean, it's happened in the playoffs. Oh. So, I'll take it then. That's kind of, that's kind of, <laughs> <Look it's, laughs> there's no real comeback to that. Well, you know, I did it in the playoffs. Right so. And he was smoldering again last night. He was right at the heart of it. Uh, a little dust-up on the court. Did you see it, Basin Orleans? <laughs> a Cam Whitmore dust-up right there. And I thought he was going to X out after this game. Number seven, unbothered. <laughs> I thought maybe we'd see that. Last time Devin Would it just be, put anything No, it X. was just not, not there. It was 36 unbothered, was it not? It was. It was okay, it was so maybe just seven unbothered is what he would X out <laughs> after that right there. But that, I thought, um, was indicative of what the Phoenix Suns are going to see the rest of the way. I honestly believe this. There are teams that are out there right now that are looking at what the Phoenix Suns looked at when they self-scouted themselves and said, what do we need to get at the trade deadline here? Our hands are kind of cuffed, of course, based on what we can do, because there's only so much finance that you can actually bring into the equation for they didn't have a lot of options, of course. So now all of a sudden, what are we going to do? We're going to get bigger. We're going to get tougher. We're going to get stronger. That's what we're going to do. And that's what they tried to do. And I think the, the results were obvious to everyone else that is playing them. And I think it's one of the reasons why the Houston Rockets challenged the Phoenix Suns last night. They did it again. They did it in the first time they played. Well, a couple of days ago when they won 114 to 110. They did it then. They were very physical, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And they did it again coming out in the third and fourth quarter, I thought. So just a situation where there's going to be a lot of teams in the association. We're going to watch these games, watch this tape, and say, this is the way you get to the Phoenix Suns. You challenge them physically. But we don't know that that even works. It's just, it's it's maybe a way to get to them. Um, you mentioned the, the Booker. There's a lot of teams who challenge Devin Booker. Isn't that interesting? Right? Uh, that 36 Unbothered tweet is from May 15th. That's only 10 posts ago for Book. Like, he just does not post on X. And and uh, four is of them right? four of them are about the shoes, obviously, that have been coming out. So <laughs> he, he sort of had to do those. I do still like this one from September 12th um, when Kyle Kuzma tweeted out, USA Basketball better get some NBA stars that know how to play a role. Anybody can be nice with the ball in their hands, but can you be cool with defending and going to the corner for a few possessions? Because Booker never posts more than, like, three or four words. He just quoted it with, I'll do it. That's so cool. He isn't. He isn't a guy that has a lot of words, right? Now, out on the court, 
He has he some words talk. on the court, yeah. He will talk some trash out of the court right there. Isn't that right, Cam Whitmore? Well, the Whitmore thing's interesting because you could just you could write that off and say, okay, here's a rookie trying to get in a star player's face, and you know it'll be forgotten by next season. Maybe, but they play again tomorrow. Here's Booker after the game. Uh, started last, last game, um, same thing. Um, just competing, being extra physical. Um, I mean, I like it. You know, I've been in these situations plenty of time before, so... You know, I was that same young player doing that same thing. Uh, I remember doing it to Jimmy Butler my rookie year, him going in post game after talking about me. Um, plenty of people. So, you know, you, you never want to back down. And, you know, I respect going at a top player. And you just got to be ready for it. It's going to happen again. Is. It's going to happen again tomorrow. Yeah. It's what competition is. You go out there and you compete. You don't back down. You don't do it. Now, of course, you don't go out there with the intent that you're going to start brawling somebody, even on a football field. You don't do that. You go out there, yeah, you might be trying to drive them into the ground, but you're not trying to instigate a fight. <laughs> you're not trying to do that, even on a football field, let alone a basketball court. It's what competition is, though. I mean, you, you have two individuals, and they have a different viewpoint one says, I'm better than you. The other guy says, no, you're not. And then you say, well, let's find out, shall we? <laughs> That's what competition is. <laughs> it's an a, easy way to resolve it's this. It's an act of aggression. It is to compete. Book taps into it. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Did you see Quinian Mitchell just ran a 4-3-3? No. The fastest uh, D-back up here on the, on the screen so far. Um, wow. We come back, we'll we'll get into that. They're running the 40s now, the defensive backs are. I think the tight ends run today, too, so Wolf will be just watching that for uh, an hour and a half oh, later. 439! We'll also, uh, yeah, DeAndre Prince just ran a 439. We'll uh, react to what Jonathan Gannon just told us as well. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number four. Draft coverage, live, local, late-breaking. All right, we can give you some news on number four. I feel confident in saying that the Cardinals have met with Marvin Harrison Jr. Wolf because Jonathan Gannon just told us the Cardinals have met with Marvin Harrison Jr. So that's pretty kind of cool right there. Pretty, right? If, if you're wondering who the source is, that's who the source was. Uh, he just joined us. Jonathan Gannon just joined us uh, about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago. And uh, we asked him if they are meeting or have met with the top three receivers everybody's been talking about. Yeah, already did it. Um, met with a lot of guys. We had all our formals um, from Monday. We finished up uh, Thursday afternoon with that. And um, all those guys did a really good job. It was a, it was it was cool to get to know them. Um, you know, put a name with a jersey number or a face with a jersey number, and just get to start to know them as people a little bit more, and talk a little bit of ball, and talk a little bit about them. And um, they they all did a good job. Just wondering how many people are in that room and who they are. <laughs> how well, many people are in that room. It sounded like Nick Rollis was in there for some of them. I don't know if he was in there for the receiver <laughs> stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, you figure what? At least Gannon and Monty. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Nobody else really has to be in there other than those two. I'm sure there's one or two other people. I, I know, but you, you would want some guys that you would trust their opinion, mm -hmm. right? That know what it is that you're doing. And some guys, some coaches that might actually have some good questions. The, the scouts, he mentioned the scouts, mm -hmm. how well the scouts had already prepared them on these kids. So it just it's fascinating to me. The whole process is what I love. 
Uh, we also asked him how Marvin Harrison, well, you asked him how Marvin Harrison Jr. looked. He's tall. He's, He's tall. tall. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, it was funny because I, I, um, I had met his dad and uh, said, man, your mom must be a little taller because your dad's not, you know, that big, you know. And uh, he started laughing. He goes, yes, she is. She's about 5'10 or so. So. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he's, he's got some length to him. There's no doubt about that. Also, we asked him on the Marvin Harrison Jr. topic, uh, how he felt about MHJ missing his media availability today. And in case you missed it, he, he missed that and he's not like rescheduling it. He's not talking to the media at the combine. No, I actually just found out about it 15 seconds ago before I jumped on with you guys. I, I, uh, kudos to him. I would have done the same thing if I could have. <laughs> oh, JJ, seriously. Yes. So I how, about that? That? how about that? Hey, man, more power to him. Uh, no, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure the media wants to hear from them, but uh, in due time, they will. You know, that to me, I was just talking about that earlier, right? It's one of the things that did not bother me. It did not bother me at all that he missed the media. Now, now again, um, would you like a guy to show up and do what everyone else is doing? Yeah, I would. As far as the media, that didn't bother me. Okay, missing the other stuff like working out, yeah. that to me bothered me. That's interesting too. I mean, we kind of figured that anybody missing the media availability is not going to bother teams. Nobody's moving. Nobody cares about that on their draft board. But it was interesting when talking to Jonathan Gannon, he said he didn't even know about it, you know, because they're all, right. all the coaches and the GMs are doing so much. Like while Marvin Harrison Jr. is missing his media availability, they're talking to a bunch of defensive linemen. They're not paying attention, obviously, to what these guys are saying in the media. They may circle back at some point, but we talked to him about Terry on Arnold. He, he, well, he at least pretended he didn't know what Terry on Arnold had said. Um, I'll just play that right here. He did jam me. He did jam me. But, you know, I played receiver back in the day. So then the next rep, you know, he put his hands up and I swiped him down and hip locked him. And I, I said I would have scored on that one. Um, no, that, it was uh, that was just part of what I like to do with corners. I, it, you know, every position is a little bit different. But, uh, you know, how well do they know the technique that's been taught to them and the why behind it? And then uh, I put my little spin on it a little bit. But, uh yeah, he he did a really good job. But, yeah, I play receiver in those meetings for a little bit. You know, and then Monty says, all right, you can't do that anymore. Sit down. And <laughs> yes. You know, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. I have a little bit of fun with those guys. But you do figure out if they, if they really know, know it, you know. It's one of the cool things <laughs> if you watch JG out on a practice field. Um, if you watch him, he'll go out there, and it doesn't matter what position you're playing. He will talk to you, and he will start putting his hands on these dudes and going through some type of technique, whether it's an offensive lineman, a defensive You actually heard J.G. say his spirit position, what was his? Was uh, offensive lineman, line? yeah. Here, uh, before I play this, I, <laughs> I love the cut from there where he's like, yeah, and then at some point, Monty Austin Ford tells me to sit down and just stop doing that. <laughs> Can't you just see those two interviewing draft prospects and JG's all, like, fired up and ready to go? It was like the flight plan when they were on draft night. He was all fired up, and then Monty's like, all right, I got work to do over here. Uh, yeah, he did talk about the offensive line. He was led into this by uh, by you asking him about Graham Barton. Fantastic. You, you, Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Did you meet with him, JG? 
Uh, we 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 met with a lot of O linemen. Okay. I would say I think O line is like my spirit animal, <laughs> and I I, t- I tell those guys that, and I don't know why. I really don't because people are when I say that people are like, "Are you out of your mind? Like you're you you look, you look like a DB, right?" <laughs> yes. Um, just the amount like. First of all, people have no idea how smart offensive linemen are. Right. Like, they are so sharp, a lot of those guys. And it's just, like, wild to hear, you know, talking through their college film and the rules and adjustments and techniques and things like that. You know, it really is one of the biggest misnomers, I think, in the National Football League. There are so many people out there that think the big Harrys, right, uh, the Budgots, these guys are, you know, they're dumb. Football players are dumb when it's just the opposite. Are there some dumb football players based on earnings that are out there? Yes, there are. There's also some dumb doctors that are walking around as well. Yeah, I'm just saying. And that's a little more alarming. Uh, yeah, I, I would prefer the long snapper is dumb. Right, I, I'm just saying that um, football players, for the most part, you've got to be able to think and you've got to be able to think and recall quickly. And it can change in a split second depending on what the defense is doing. It's something you've got to be able to understand concepts, and then you've got to be able to apply those concepts instantly. And there's a lot of guys who can't do that. There's a lot of pressure that is out there. Offensive linemen, above all else, have got to be very, very uh, fast and fluid in terms of their cognition. Well, one guy that is not an offensive lineman, but apparently likes to play them in the meetings with the defensive lineman is Nick Rollis. Here's more from Jonathan Gannon. When you have, when you talk to Rollis, uh, he likes to play like center and guard versus some of those D linemen. <laughs> and I, I bet he's literally right now in back in Phoenix with like a bruised chest <laughs> because this one dude like shocked him. And I was like, oh my God, he about put him wow. through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I told him, I said, you know, the next part of this was I was going to play guard, but I don't really want to play guard anymore after seeing that. So I, you know, you could just sit down, uh, you know, let's start getting to the tape right now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, so, it's cool. It's one thing to ask the uh, defensive back. Terry on Arnold's probably, I mean, I've seen him as high as like 15 in some of these mocks. He's, he's, he's yeah. a very good one. Um, and he's not like small. I think he's six foot one eighty. He's not big, but he's not small. He's corner, right? It's one thing to ask. It's nothing to ask a defensive lineman to uh, to to line you up like you're a center. That um, that's Nick Rollis, though. Yeah, that seems like Nick Rollis too. When it's I not, think none of this is really shocking. Defensive yeah. coordinator. What's so interesting about this staff? So many of them are young guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're young guys, right? And that was a huge topic of conversation going into 2023 last year. As a matter of fact, how young this coaching staff was and is still. And yet Nick Rollis and JG, these young guys, want to put their hands on these dudes and go through the process. I I find it hysterical. Um, Before we hit the break, Nate Wiggins, 4.29, leads all defensive backs right now. 4.29. 4.29 is like... Well, but also, according to the NFL Network um, Combine broadcast, Nate Wiggins felt a groin pop and had to be helped to the training room and Ooh. is done for the day. Wow. So that 429 Ooh. was a little costly. A little too fast, maybe. Yeah. 
Although, but you know, once again, I can tell you this: if I ran a four point two nine, you wouldn't be seeing me again that day anyway. I'd just run say, right home. Just going to say right now that that's not going to hurt him going forward. <laughs> okay, the fact he ran a four two nine that is not going to hurt him. Groin popped, and it's one of the reasons why I have a problem. How many guys? How many guys have gone to the combine and been hurt to a degree in which it affected their NFL career? Um, what, what 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 percentage would you say that was? I can't really uh, think of any off the top. I mean, I'm sure it has happened because we don't know how much it, there's certain no doubt injuries about have it. impacted guys. Yes. You know Marvin Harrison Jr. was standing at the end of the run being like, see, this is why I'm not, <laughs> not working out. I just heard that guy's groin Yeah, pop. because you're afraid. What? You're afraid of actually what? Going out there and running a bad time? Why don't you compete, bruh? 4.29 is pretty fast. That's uh, that's pretty absurd. All right, we come back. Busy week around the world of sports. Especially busy, actually, this We're going to take you through everything that happened next in the work week. Wrap up. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Gambo. Between Devin Booker, Corbin Carroll, and Kyla Murray, how many championships will be won by the time all three of their careers are done? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, 2-6 to six on Arizona Sports. I do like that question. Um, we're going to get into the work week wrap up right here, starting with Monday. Monday. Monday, Marvin Harrison Jr. reportedly skipping testing at the NFL Combine ahead of the 2024 NFL Draft. The Suns reportedly set to host the 2027 NBA All-Star Game as well. It'll be the fourth time that game is in Arizona. And now for the Western Conference, a 15-time All-Star center and one of the most dominant players in the history of the NBA from your Phoenix Suns the big Jackson himself Shaquille O'Neal Shaqtis wow it's one of the first events I ever covered. Really? Yeah. Shaqtis. Shaqtis. I have a good Shaq story. I can't tell you now. I have a really good Shaq okay, story. Great. Really good one, actually. Next. It involves Amari, too. Uh, Rome, I'll tell you on the air sometime. It's not like bad. Roma Dunze going to participate in testing at the NFL Combine ahead of the 2024 NFL Draft. Here's Brock Heward when he joined the show. Yeah, he's going to notch out all these interviews, and I really do believe, like, if he is 6'3", 215, which is what he expects to be and runs up 4-4 and jumps anywhere around 40 inches. You're going to hear Daniel Jeremiah repeat again what he said yesterday uh, from the Combine, and that is he is my favorite player in this draft. Okay, that's great. Uh, Brock Heward joined us. Hello, Brock, of course, but Quinion Mitchell is getting ready to run. Yeah, you're going to be again, distracted for 4.3 more seconds. right now. Here, he ran a 4-3-3 the first time. I'll, I'll hit this uh, sounder, and he'll be on the other side of the field. Ready? Tuesday. Tuesday. All right, he's almost done. He's trying to beat a 4.33, and he got a 4.38. He must be so disappointed. Okay. 4.33, I believe, is still the second best time of any uh, defensive back, so he's not hurting his stock. ASU football announced that its spring game is Friday, April 26th at 5 p.m. We were out at Salt River Fields for D-back spring training, and manager Tori Lovello joined us on the show. The sky's the limit for Corbin, not because he's talented. Everybody steps onto this playing field. Their their talent level is in the same area, right? They're some a little bit more talented than others. The separator is from the neck up. What are you willing to do? And what are you willing yep. to sacrifice? And how are you going to follow that process to get better? Nobody does it any more to perfection than Corbin Carroll. <laughs> 
Listen to that True. right there. You think Tory's been around? Has he seen a little baseball? Probably one or two players. At oh least. my goodness. That's the best thing about it right now. It's not just the talent, of course. It's what comes from within. That was your favorite interview out there. Wasn't it was. It? It was, Tory. It was, it was Tory coming up there before. Right Tory before was nailed. Uh, Merrill Kelly joined us as well. No, I, don't, I haven't heard too much chatter about that going on. Um, I think if you put too much light to that, it becomes a bigger animal than, than what it needs to be. I think everybody walking into spring training this year knows what we did and knows that we're a good team, and I think that we know that the rest of the league knows that now. He was talking about if, if uh, pressure is a topic of conversation in the clubhouse right now. And then Eduardo Rodriguez struggled in his first ever D-backs appearance, gave up four runs in one inning, including a home run on the first pitch of the game. Pulled the balls coming out of his hand pretty good, maybe a little distracted by some pl- some balls at the plate that he didn't, he didn't necessarily get. It's part of the game, and I think you know we got to find a way to overcome that. But um, just an up mistake where the ball carried out of the ballpark for a three-run home run, and just you know maybe a little fastball dominant trying to find that location. But first outing, I'm fine with what he did. We just want to get that pitch count up and, and let it keep climbing. So what happened on Wednesday? <laughs> well, hold on. I have to remind you that the Coyotes lost 4-2 to the Canadians in a game they dominated but still lost. Here's Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, the uh, annual NFLPA report cards were released. The Cardinals moved up from 31st last year to 27th this year, but obviously still uh, fairly low grades in a lot of the categories. Wolf told Coyotes head coach Andre Turney that Toronto is no Buffalo. You know, Toronto is no Buffalo, though, Bear. Uh, Never forget uh, that. I'm just saying. Okay, perfect. <laughs> if you say so. If you Bear say was so. kind of dragging his feet on that one right there. <laughs> well, but he is kind of in a fall mood at probably this Probably took time. him a couple seconds to roll his eyes after he heard your question that wasn't even a question. Uh, I have to really play this. U of A beat ASU 85-67 to sweep the season's edition of the rivalry. That's awesome. Good for them. Bounce pass over to Larson. Larson passes ahead. Love is left open for a three, and he buries it. Boy, they pressed him backcourt, but left Caleb Love unguarded at three-point range at the other end. Big mistake. It's a U of A win, so you know that highlight is from before the Final Four in any given year. You know, one time I went to get my hair cut, and the barber said to me before, big mistake. After he cut it, the first cut, I mean, that's what he said. He was saying it to himself? Big mistake. (laughs) Okay, well, that's a true story. That's a... That's a good one. Uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant reportedly expected to be key pieces for Team USA at the Olympics this summer on to Thursday. 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 Brock Heward, when he joined us, talked about the type of person Roma Dunze is. From the inside out, he is built right. Mm. He's built right. I mean, he's a tremendous, tremendous person, first and foremost. That matters to me. It really is. I feel like Roma Dunze stock went up on this show this week. Yeah, it's a situation where I don't know if I'm drafting a guy that I don't know exactly who he is on the inside. Now, I know, choir boys, you can't get all a bunch of choir boys out there on a football field. I understand that, but... Man, the person, the person, the person, it matters so much. Uh, yeah, especially if you're talking about a number four overall pick or a top ten pick. You'd really like to Can't feel... Can't have it, Luke. You'd, feel, you'd like to feel confident in who that person is. Uh, Austin Matthews, his NHL-leading 53rd goal. Maple Leafs beat the Coyotes 4-2 on Thursday night. 14 straight losses for Arizona back at it tonight. Devin Booker, 35 points to lead the way for the Suns in a five-point victory over the Rockets. Here's Frank Vogel. We, we know we, how we want to attack this team. Defensively, and you know, if we, we create those situations for Book, uh, and Book can really get going. 
you know. So again, without getting too too far into it, because we're playing them in, in two days, um, your book was great. Didn't want to give away any secrets, so, right there. So, so he just went with book right was there. great. Book was great because <laughs> yeah, they knew he that. Was, there's no doubt about it. He was great, and you know, I think overall, I love the way the team responded to the physicality that the Houston Rockets brought, especially in that third and fourth quarter. The Rockets made a serious run. They played with a lot of desperation. They're a young team. This is who they are. This is what they they've got. The toughness of part of the equation covered and they came out and challenged the phoenix suns and i love the way the suns responded friday friday marvin harrison jr did not appear at his scheduled time to speak with reporters at the nfl combine here's jonathan gannon when he joined us today no i actually just found out about it 15 seconds ago before i jumped on with you guys i i uh kudos to him i would have done the same thing if i could have <laughs> no jj seriously yes how about that how about that hey man more power to him uh no i you know i don't i don't know i'm sure you know I'm, I'm sure the media wants to hear from them but uh in due time they will yeah, you know, again, I'm not really too concerned about missing any media interviews. Yet at the same time, I just wish you'd show up with the spirit of, I'm going to do what everyone else does. I know that's pie in the sky. I do. Ultimately, it's not going to impact me drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four because I'm in the danger zone and I will remain there. Feels I like just don't understand why you got to do it. More and more players, at least at the very top of the draft, are kind of setting their own rules. Caleb Williams isn't going to do medical testing at the combine. Yeah, so for the medical stuff, I'll be doing the medical stuff, just not here in Indy. I'll be doing it at the team interviews. Um, you know, not 32 teams can draft me. Uh, there's only one of me. Um, and so uh, the teams that I go to for my visit, um, you know, those teams will have the, the medical, and, and, and that'll be it. You see what Wolf says every time he walks into the studio, there's only one of me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what, uh, those rules are good for you, but for me, no. Jonathan Gannon, when he joined us earlier today, talked about the Terry and Arnold meeting. He did jam me. He did jam me. But, you know, I played receiver back in the day. So then the next rep, you know, he put his hands up and I swiped him down and hip locked him. And I, I said I would have scored on that one. <laughs> um, no, that, it was uh, that was just part of what I like to do with corners. I, it, you know, every position is a little bit different, but uh you know, how well do they know the technique that's been taught to them and the why behind it? And then how about this, Wolf, as we wrap up the week? Bradley Beal, probable for tomorrow, per Frank Vogel. 75 years later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us. That's good. I'm out. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for doing everything for Wolf. I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength. As far as that, that pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.